We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, AB Nation, welcome back to another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. It's Wednesday, which means which means it's time for the Notre Dame midweek rundown. So some of you were just expecting to see me. But for the first part of the show, you're going to get a double dose. You're going to get double R. Ryan Roberts is going to be with us today. Ryan, you were supposed to have the day off, but I said, hey, man, I got to get you on to talk about RJ Oban because that's the big news. That, well, one of two bits of big news today that we are going to discuss. We're going to talk about yeah. RJ Oban and his commitment to Notre Dame. Uh, Ryan will be part of that. We'll talk a little bit about draft profiles and things along those lines, fit and all that type of good stuff. Then we'll talk. I'm going to talk about Joe Walt's decision to go to the NFL and just kind of briefly talk about that and then what that means for the future of the offensive tackle position because Notre Dame is going to have to replace both tackles, which we thought at the beginning of the year was possible as we thought Blake Fisher was going to have a jump this season as a junior. But as we watched Blake play, it didn't make sense. You didn't think they would lose both, but in fact, they did lose both. So we'll talk about that. And we'll talk about the future of the offensive tackle position. And then we'll also have a little mini mailbag. I told you guys that I will get any any mailbag questions that you get in before the show starts or any mail any super chat questions that you get in. We will go ahead and answer those as well. So th- that'll be the three parts today. But Ryan, thank you for joining me today on the uh, the midweek rundown, man. I, absolutely, man. I appreciate you for inviting me on. I, I, you yeah. did make it sound like I was off today entirely. Like yes, I am still yes, working. I'm just yeah. off of the podcast. No, off today. of the show. <laughs> so, the, so there's days so Ryan can just grind and get phone yes. calls made and do all that kind of stuff and and uh, not have a burden of every single day doing three, four hours in the show. So off sure. from the podcast platform. Yeah. Uh, today is definitely a work day. But but you know, Ryan, the big news today. Yep. Uh, well, the most recent big news today is R.J. Oban, the defensive end, fifth-year senior defensive end from Duke. He'll be a sixth-year senior next year, yep. has announced his decision to transfer to Notre Dame. This is expected news. We, we've kind of known since this weekend. Uh, it was an interesting little bit of a backstory, Ryan. He had two visits scheduled. He had one to Notre Dame last weekend, the 8th to the 10th. He arrived Friday night, left on Sunday. And then he was going to visit Florida State next weekend because Florida State was making a very hard push and talked to a couple sources down there. Florida State definitely wanted RJ Open to get down there. They were definitely making a push for him. But instead of making that visit, 
he decided during the visit he was going to come to Notre Dame and play for Notre Dame. So there was a we thought there might have been a chance the decision was made earlier in the week, but I think the way that Notre Dame is just kind of controlling this entire week, you had Hartman's decision on Monday, you've got Riley Leonard on Tuesday, you got Joe Walt, and then RJ Oban to the, today. You'll have you know some more big opt-outs over the next couple of days are going to come out from Notre Dame players. So we'll we'll be here to discuss those as well. But obviously, the, the good news for Notre Dame today was R.J. Oban's decision, Ryan. And, and uh, first and foremost, let's just talk about this. This is a big win from the standpoint of last year, you went toe-to-toe with a kid that seemed like a Notre Dame fit in Braden Fisk, and you lost. He went yep. to Florida State. Now, that ended up not being the, 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 the miss that we thought it would be. I thought Braden played really well at Florida State. But Riley Mills and Howard Cross really stepped up and played big-time football this year. You had Gabriel Rubio when he was healthy was pretty good. Howard Cross, or excuse me, uh, Jason Onye. So Notre Dame ended up being pretty good there. Now, of yep. course, they would have been even better if they'd had those two plus Braden Fisk. But they were okay at D-tackle without, without, sure. with, when they missed Braden Fisk. Now you get out there and, and Florida State goes 13-0, but you were able to go out and beat them for this kind of player for Notre Dame, Ryan. So just to begin with, that's a big win for this Notre Dame staff. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. I mean, absolutely, especially when you're going against a Florida State team that, although they did not end up making the college football playoff, they are the ACC champs. They are undefeated. They have a lot of momentum going in their direction. They're recruiting well on the high school side of things, obviously, and then they have 
you know, they have their packages that they can put out there for players as well that are, that's, I mean, what Mark Norvell is doing down in Tallahassee is, is very appealing to a lot of players, obviously. Like he is re he, he's regaining the momentum of what Florida state football stands for. So anytime that you beat a school like a Florida state that really wants a talented pass rusher, especially because I mean, Brian, Florida state's been pretty good with developing pass rushers over the years. I mean, they've done a pretty good job. I mean, they have a kid this year in Jared verse. That's going to go in the first round. They've had guys like Josh sweat in the past that were really good football players. And the, the, um, the Walker kid that, um, was, was his first name. D D um, D Walker. I can't remember his name. Anyway, drafted in like the second round, but they have really developed Demarcus Walker is the name that I was thinking of. They've had some really good defensive ends, obviously over the last few years. And they, that is a position that should be appealing obviously to a player like an RJ open, but Notre Dame being able to get him to come up to South Bend for his final year. I think it's, it's a big win for that simple fact alone. It's also a big win just from where Notre Dame is as a defensive end room in general, because one thing that I think needs to be better next year is you need to be able to affect the passer a lot better than what you did in 2023. Like the sack numbers were down. The pressures were down. Notre Dame just needs to be a better pressure team in general, all the way, you know, from the inside to the outside, obviously. So I think this gives you a a guy that has tremendous upside as a pass rusher and can affect the quarterback. So I think just from the big need on the roster, from a, a penetration from a quarterback harassment perspective on top of beating Florida state for a talented kid like this. I think there's a lot of areas that this is a big win for Notre Dame. Couple thoughts in response to that, Ryan, number one, to back up your point about the lack of production, as good as this defense was this year. And it was, it was excellent last year in 13 games, Notre Dame had 85 tackles for loss. That's six and a half tackles for loss per game. This season, they're sitting at 67, which is five and a half. So, Unless they have, what is that, 18 tackles for loss in the bowl game against Oregon State, they're not going to match last year's number. Uh, The sack numbers are even worse. They were actually – one positive from this year, Ryan, was there was, to me, a little bit of a greater gap between run stops, like run run negatives and pass negatives for the defense, meaning there was a great – there was, you know, fewer sacks, but – you know, I think the tackle for loss was slightly better from a percent standpoint. Not great, but still better. But sure. you also had 27 sacks this year in 11 games and 38 last year. So that means unless you get 11 sacks, I mean, look, if Notre Dame gets 18 tackles for loss and 11 sacks in the bowl game, we're going to be very, very, very happy people. That's they not happening. Win. They probably right? <laughs> They're going to win by a bunch. Um, <laughs> that's not happening. So to your point, for all the great things that Notre Dame did this year, those are areas where there has to be improvement. And from a pass game standpoint, this is obviously an area where RJ Oban uh, adds value, which we'll get into. But I don't think we can discount the, the the fact that, look, do I know this is exactly what happened? No, I don't. But it can't it can't be dismissed that as RJ Oban looks at what happened at Florida State the last couple of years with really good production from the defensive defensive line position, especially defensive end. No, then he watches Notre Dame, and you know their success has been at the Viper position. And then you watch what Javante Jean-Baptiste did this year in this defense and say, hey, that yep. guy, I'm a better player than that guy. You know, I played a lot more than that guy did at Ohio State. If he can do that, I can come in and do that. And, and to sure. see the jump that Javante made as a player, not just production-wise, but also his skill set evolved in one year under Al yep. Washington to say, hey, look, now Al Washington has something in his arsenal to go to these players and say, hey, look what I did. 
You know, I, I look what I did with Isaiah Foskey in my first year. Look at the production he had. He was a second-round NFL draft pick. Look what we did with getting Howard Cross become an All-American. We got Riley Mills to take a big jump. Took Javante Jean-Baptiste, was a backup rotation guy at Ohio State. Turned him into a, a really good football player, highly productive player. Nine and a half tackles for loss, four sacks, a bunch of pressures this season. Over 30 pressures this season. I think he was one behind Howard Cross on pro football focus for most pressures on the, on the Notre Dame defense. Guy that was a big play guy. So now the the package to to sell to a guy like RJ Oban is a lot more impressive than maybe what it was a year ago. When honestly, even Isaiah Foskey's success was often can, you know looked at as Ryan is kind of like a disappointment. He didn't really play that yeah. great. The way the defensive line that played this year under Al Washington is certainly ammunition for him to be able to use on the recruiting trail, but also on the portal trail because you brought a portal kid in and he had a lot of success. For Notre Dame, that's going to help you win these battles as well, Ryan. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Because I, I think that, and I mean, honestly, Brian, like I would even add to it a little bit. Not only did you get a big time, port, I mean, because a lot of people wanted RJ Open, right? Like we talked about Florida State as one of the main suitors, but everybody wants to add add depth to a really talented defensive line. Everybody wants to do that. There is never enough pass rushers in today's game. So RJ Open had a lot of suitors for him. I would say this also to add in the importance of RJ Obam is that I was actually convinced before he entered the portal that he was probably going to be in the 2024 NFL drafts. I mean, that, that was where I thought he was going because if you've followed Jim Nagy, who's the director of the senior bowl, the, the Reese's senior bowl that plays out in Mobile, Alabama. I mean, he has been tweeting about RJ for months, like months. <laughs> I know for, yeah. I, I don't know for a fact that he got an invite from the senior bowl, but I would be shocked just based upon reading the tea leaves that if he was not going to be a senior bowl guy, if he chose to declare for the draft, but for whatever reason, whether that's the NFL draft advisory feedback or whatever, RJ Oban wanted to go back for one more year and to take his game to up, hopefully a much higher level to go into the next, you know, 2025 NFL draft. So he's a well-liked player from the NFL side, obviously from the college side, he's been a productive player over the last couple of years. He fits the profile as well. I mean, you look at that kid, you're like, that's a 6'4", 260-pound, good-looking kid, man. I mean, like you just had Isaiah Foskey two years ago. You had Javante Jean-Baptiste that had kind of the same look to him of an NFL defensive end, and then added another one. I mean, it's going to start to be a much easier sell for big-time defensive ends coming to Notre Dame because they're going to look at these body types when they're on the visits as well and say, like, that's an NFL dude right there, right? Like, that looks what it's supposed to look like on Sundays. So a massive get even just from the standpoint of, RJ Oban could be playing NFL football this time yeah. next year if he wanted to be. And he chose right. to go back and you got an NFL defensive end to come to play football for you so, in 2024. So where exactly do you think his range would have been coming in yeah. this season, Ryan? Because I'm going to ask this in relation to something else. It's kind yeah. of a setup question. I think that there was a, a the, from everything I've heard from the NFL side of things, there was an, a, a little bit of a question as far as like run game impact for RJ. Cause we'll talk about that. And Definitely you just didn't see that. it a ton on the Duke team, obviously over the last couple of years, you saw pass rush impact. You saw penetration impact, but you didn't consistently see run game impact. So I still think there was a question of like the well-roundedness of his game, but I, again, six, four two sixty with the Twitch that this kid has, I would be very surprised if he got out of the fourth to fifth round just based okay. upon pure athletic gifts. And if he goes to the, the senior bowl and he blows it up and he does really well at the combine, maybe he ends up going somewhere on day two. It's possible. But I think fourth to five was a very solid range for RJ this year if he entered. And people aren't going to ignore the genes 
I mean, let's be honest. That's going to be a factor in it, obviously, with his dad being an NFL offense. It's a huge factor, man. That's a huge right. factor that people don't talk enough about with Joe Walt is that, like, when you're talking about checking boxes, his dad's in the ring of honor for the Kansas City Chiefs as an offensive lineman. Like, that lineage and that gene pool, right. that matters a lot for NFL teams, right. without a doubt. So when you look at RJ Oban, obviously, Ryan, when we were having this conversation over a year, a little, actually less than a year ago, because Notre Dame's moving a little bit quicker on some of this portal stuff than they were a year ago. Javante Jean-Baptiste was a, a pickup that we liked for Notre Dame, but it was more of a, you know, a rotation guy, a, you know, a guy that you yep. kind of thought maybe if he has a big year, maybe he can sneak into the draft Yes, because there were yep. some things to like, where now you've got a guy that is more established. You know, Javante was kind of a rotation guy. There was a lot of traits that I liked. I know there were traits that you liked in Javante, but it was a projection. Could yep. he play field end? Cause he had more of a Viper body. You know, he looked more like Isaiah, like Isaiah Foskey than he did Khalid Kareem, Absolutely. you know, at Ohio State and even at Notre Dame. But then you say, okay, well, how's he going to be as a field end? He's just going to bring pass rushing production. That's what he was in college, right? A pass rusher. That's that was his best part of his game at Ohio State. He was actually a better run defender for Notre Dame this year than than I than even a, a pass rusher from a number standpoint, right? He had nine and a half tackles for loss, four sacks. And so now you look at a kid that has more proven production, I think uh, more explosiveness, I would argue. I I don't know if it's like by a ton, but certainly noticeable more first step explosiveness. I I don't believe RJ's as long as Javante was, but still long and plenty long enough, right? I think Javante has really freaky long arms. Uh, like not not I don't know maybe not quite like Khalid Nadi Takuba Ogundiji but they're pretty no, pretty long no, not like that um, yeah <laughs> RJ doesn't have that but he's got plenty of length you know that I've never watched film and be like boy this guy's length is a problem you know he just these these tackles are eating him up because he's not he's not long enough yeah so when when you when you look at the pickup Ryan I think it makes a lot of sense and and here's where Notre Dame is at right they have a they have a lot of young talent at the position that they like a lot. I think we'll see Josh Burnham there uh, uh, at times. I wouldn't be shocked if we see Josh play some of that in the bowl game with Nana gone, uh, you know, behind Javante Jean-Baptiste. They're guys like, uh, you know, Bubakar Traore could move over there depending on how yep. his offseason goes from a, a weight gain standpoint. Brennan Brandon Vernon Morgan. is a kid yep. they like there. Tyson Ford is a kid that's got some potential and shows some flash there. So there's a lot of potential there. But this is kind of like a – a position that's a little different than quarterback, it makes a lot more sense to bring in a veteran, especially a guy with his DNA, his character, you know, his where he came from an academic oriented school. He went to a really good academic high school. Like this kid's got the development to be that immediate leader type of guy yep. on defense, along with, you know, I would say probably more his position than the D line, because the D line is going to have plenty of leaders with, with Howard Cross and Riley Mills and guys like that. But at that position, he can be that mentor type of player for yep. the younger guys that are coming along. And then they can also play. They'll get a chance to play, whereas the quarterback is like, okay, you've got your guy. You can be a mentor, but they're not going to play. In this case, he will play, but so yep. will the other guys in the rotation. So I do sure. think it makes a lot of sense. And and, and it would have been exciting about the potential if they decided not to bring in a big end, a field end in this class or in this dra- this portal class. But it would have left a big question mark about can that group really step up and play? Now, like right. I said, this helps bridge the gap a little bit, Ryan. And the other part of it, too, is if the young big ends really emerge, RJ opens a kid that I believe. I'm curious to get your thoughts on this. I think I think you yeah. and I talked about this before the show that could also play some in the boundary. 
in certain yeah. pass rushing situations as well, right? So he's not a field end only guy. I think this is a kid that sure. in certain looks could could play. He's got more. He showed more twitch this year than Jordan Patelho did for Notre That's Dame right. as a pass rusher. Well, I, I think there's a couple of the boundary ends on Notre Dame's roster because you mentioned, you know, if you get a little bit of Joshua Burnham over into the boundary at times, like you start to now have a couple kids that are a little bit more interchangeable between field and boundary as well. So, yeah, I could definitely see if it's, you know, a third and nine in an obvious pass situation. Could you throw RJ open to the field and just let him feast on, on a right tackle, let's say, per se? Like, yeah, that could happen for sure. Like, I think that Notre Dame could definitely explore those options. I also wouldn't be opposed to him rushing inside in some like NASCAR looks and obvious pass rushing situations. Like I think that he brings a little bit of alignment versatility as a pass rusher, not alignment versatility as in like, he's going to play three tech on first and 10. Right. But like against an obvious passing situation, he can line up at field. He can line up to the boundary. I even think that you could put him inside at times. This kid is just a added. I We always talk about floor and ceiling, right? I, I think that he slightly raises the ceiling, but you already had very talented defensive ends in that room. I think what this does is it, it substantially raises the floor because now you have proven production coming in. Like, you know, RJ Oban at worst is going to help the pass rush game at worst. He's going to do that for you. So you add in him now helping to groom the younger big ends in the room and then take their step forward. I think that potentially you could use those guys in a lot of different roles and that only helps to bolster the pass rush and the playmaking potential. And also I'll say this, Brian, I know you love these types of players, the guys that make plays in the biggest moment of the game. I was talking to Jamie on Franklin, former Notre Dame player who also played at Duke, obviously the last three years. So he was around RJ a lot. The one thing he said about RJ as a player is that when they needed a big play or a sack on a crucial down, it was usually 94 that was making the play. So that's all you really want out of that position. Not only do you want production, but you want the production in the biggest moments of the game. And I think that could be RJ Open next year. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode of the Irish Breakdown Podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. It's the holiday season, which means it's a time for giving. Giving to our community is important. And there's always joy in giving to our friends and family. We also need to ensure that we are properly focused on giving to ourselves and making sure we're taking steps to give ourselves the tools we need to get through the tough times. The holidays are a perfect time for that. It's important to learn positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. There are ways to make sure you have the tools to be the best version of yourself. And that's not something that's only for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. In the season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Irish today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com, H-E-L-P dot com slash Irish.
Well, we talked about that with Khalid Kareem. I've talked about that a bunch of times with Khalid. We saw that from from Javante Jean Baptiste this season as well, which was a big part of what what endeared me to him. Him to me, I should say, is is that it was he would be good throughout a game, but when it was a third that you needed a third down stop, either run game or pass game, he was a lot, a lot of times that guy that would step up and make that play. And Notre Dame had a lot more guys like that this year, Ryan, which is why even though their disruptive production was down significantly from last season then you look at this season and it's like but they were a way better defense this year because they made the stops when they needed to make the stops and those were those were obviously big parts of of what we're doing here so uh, there's a lot to like about this from just a Notre Dame fit standpoint or I mean a Notre Dame need standpoint when you're when you're breaking down uh, just looking at at where were the need for Notre Dame let's talk specifically about RJ's skill set and in a more direct fit into what Notre Dame does, but also some areas where we want to see RJ take a jump and, and, and maybe evolve as a player. And I think this is something that they're going to ask him to do. Number one, when you talked about it, Ryan, this is a kid that brings a lot of pass rushing potential to the table. When you look at his last yeah. three years at Duke, uh, RJ Oban had four sacks in 2021. He had four and a half sacks in 2022. And he had 23 sacks, or excuse me, 23 sacks. He had, that'd be nice, right? He had five sacks in 2023. And when yep. you look at the pressure numbers, Ryan, uh, this past season, his overall pressure numbers were down. According to Pro Football Focus, he had 27 uh, total pressures this season, which was tied for, actually tied for first on Duke's defense. But in 2022, for uh, he had 37 pressures in 2022, which is more than Isaiah Foskey ever had at Notre Dame. And then he had 29 the year before. So this isn't a kid that's just putting, you know, putting some sacks to, together, right? This is a kid that that is going to do a lot what we've seen Notre Dame do in recent years, which is it's it's not just about pressure. I mean, sacks, it's about getting pressures on the quarterback. And when you look at this season and and how things shaked out, you know, he was tied with Aeneas Peoples for most pressures, but he had 13 total hits on the quarterback. The yep. next closest guy on that Duke defense was seven, and that was Trey Freeman. And I'm looking, Dwayne Carter, had, for example, had five. And and so you're talking about a kid that, that yeah, the sacks were only five, but this is a kid that got hits on the quarterback with some home. really good frequency this season. And that's, yes. a, that's a big, important part of this. It's not just about sacks. It's like you say, it's about disruption. And yep. he's a kid that showed the ability to get, to get disruption even when it wasn't necessarily resulting in a sack. Well, and I think the the reason that that is transferable is that when you're when you're scouting a defensive end or an edge player, and this goes from high school to college or it goes college to the NFL, it's such an important position from a traits perspective because you are talking about a a position that, in a lot of instances, and it's a little bit different at at the boundary end or the field end compared to the boundary end because you're working against tight ends a lot and a little bit of extra uh, extra trash but a lot of in a lot of situations you are going to be one-on-one mano a mano in a little bit of increased space as a pass rusher a lot of times so in those instances you're looking for the physical gifts and i think that what makes rj so impressive or so uh, or such an upside oriented player is that he kind of just hits a good level on every aspect that you would want at the position. One, 6'4", 260, we've talked about. Really clean frame as well. I think he could hold 270 with, without much issue, and he wouldn't sacrifice any athleticism. He's got a good level of length. I would agree with you. Like It's not a, it's not a, it's not a naughty. It's not a 
you know, it's it's not a, a we have more like Dylan Hayes. Right. It's not a Khalid Kareem who or those freak freakazoids that have 35 inch arms. Like it's not there. It's not even Isaiah Foskey that had 34 inch arms. Like it's not to that level, but it's a good level. You look at it and say that's a box checked size, length. He has a good wingspan. He also is a twitchy player. Like he can get off the line of scrimmage and you can see that first step explosiveness is good. It is good level. And then he also has a good, some good moves in the arsenal as a pass rusher. Like I've seen him hit a club rip. I've seen him hit a ghost move. I've seen him just win the outside track. I've seen him hit some inside counters as well, you know, to the inside track. So I look at him and I say, as a pass rusher, as an edge player, as a defensive end, he brings several a toolbox to the table that is an NFL caliber toolbox and projects higher. Honestly, I mean, there is a level that I don't think we've similar to the Riley Leonard talk. Riley Leonard is a very talented player, but the exciting part is that we have not seen the best of Riley Leonard yet. In my opinion, I don't think we've seen the best of RJ Oben either. I think that he still right. has a level to go higher, and the reason that I think that is because he has some easy athletic gifts that you look at yeah. and say, "I could work with that." Hundred percent. I think the other thing too is about how he was used, and this isn't a criticism of Duke because Mike Elko did a tremendous job building that defense up. Right? I mean, they were a very good defense. However, the way that they use that position at Duke is not the way that Notre Dame will use that position at it, it, it moving forward. And and here's a couple differences. Right? Number one, uh, they would play that position a, a lot. You know, stand up at times. He would play. He was mostly a field. They would put him in the boundary in some games in in their nickel packages. They put him into the boundary as a as a as a pass rusher in their nickel stuff. So he did have some boundary pass rush opportunities this year, but most of his production came from the field position. They'd move him around, but a lot of times he was playing wide. He wasn't a guy that was playing nearly as much on the tackle as Notre Dame asks their field end to do. Now Notre Dame yeah. will ask their their you know they asked Javante Jean Baptiste to, to bring pressure from outside from 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 width, but not nearly as much as they had him on the tackle and either as you know sometimes it'd be head up Ryan, sometimes it'd be a four eye depending on the look. But a lot of times it was in a five or a loose five, you know, like a seven type yeah. type situation if it was a tight end. Uh, so you're going to see him playing a little bit more on the tackle, and I think that's going to help him because he has a really nice array of pass rush moves. But sometimes yeah. his he's got a really nice spin move. But sometimes yes. the spin move would be impacted by the fact he was coming from such depth that it was almost impossible to set it up. And and he'd have to hit get it so early that it would be easier to tackle. When his spin move is really effective is when he was a little bit tighter in his alignment. So he could kind of hit it quicker, like get that guy vertical, get him over setting, and then boom, spin him inside, beat him inside. That's when he'd be really effective. He was really good at shooting gaps, as you said. The things that you were talking about with the quickness on the inside penetration, those are all going to be more beneficial to him at Notre Dame because Notre Dame is going to use him, I would imagine, just like they did Javante Jean-Baptiste, which is a lot more of a true end as opposed to yep. a loose edge the way that he was used at Duke. And that's not better or worse. It's just different. Duke played their defense differently. Yep. And it worked for them. And at Notre Dame, they'll ask him to do more stuff like right on that edge and that's the part of his game that, to me, there's a part of his game that, that a lot, to me, I believe, allows him to potentially be more disruptive at Notre Dame and be more productive at Notre Dame than even was, was a Duke. But the second part of it, Ryan, is the one big concern I have about R.J. Oban is we haven't seen him be used as an edge setter a whole lot. Now, yeah. I think he's decent at it when he's asked to do it, but he's just not asked to do it a lot. There's two things about it. Number one, it. I agree. 
Now he's got the one con- criticism I have of him is he tends to play high when he comes from width. He'll tend to kind of raise his body up, and that's when he loses either as a pass rusher or an edge setter. So he's gonna have to work on keeping his pads low. But I thought Javante Jean Baptiste had that problem at times at Ohio State as well. And now Washington did a great job of working that out of him. And his pad level at Notre Dame was really good a lot of the time. So that's where you say, hey, let you're, you're going to get worked on that. But the the because you'll look at his numbers, Ryan, the last three years, you talk about he's five and a half, six and a half, and six tackles for loss, four, four and a half, and five sacks. But his tackle numbers were 21, 20, and 17. That's yep. it. Yep. Right? Well, a lot of that is how he was used. So, for example, he's going to come inside, and they're going to run jet sweeps and outside zones right outside of him. Now, either he had zero instincts as a football player and his backups had zero instincts as football players, or that's their responsibility. You crash, we're flowing hard over top with our mic and our rovers coming down, which is what Duke did. Their edge setter, and if you guys remember this from Notre Dame, that's a little bit how Notre Dame kind of used their rover in 2017 under Elko with Drew Tranquil, which is more of a true linebacker. And that's why he had double-digit tackle for lost numbers that season. So... They used him kind of as a disruptor off the edge, not a run producer. Uh, if, sure. you, if you kind of, you know, he would kind of take on blocks at times, but it just, and the other thing too is when you watch the film, teams don't run to the field a whole lot against Duke either because of the yeah. way they play their mic, their rover, and their, their field safety. So when you actually watch Duke play, there's not a lot of instances for him to take on. Uh, you know, counters and pulls and things like that, right? Because teams were so boundary oriented. And when they would run to the field, a lot of times it was outside zones and jets to try to get outside of the mic in the, in the field end kind of quickly. So that's part, that played a role in the production as well. Notre Dame, the way they play structurally, forces a little bit more field action in the run game, in my opinion, which is why Javante John Baptiste had such a jump in production with 47 tackles for loss this season and nine and a half tackles. 47 tackles and nine and a half tackles for loss. So he's going to have to improve in that area, Ryan. It's, you know, there's some technical things that have to improve upon doing a better job of this base, you know, anchoring, not playing high as much as he did. But as you mentioned, the strength, the power, the body, the frame, the length, all those things are there for him to develop it just like Javante Jean-Baptiste because that was our biggest question mark about Javante Jean-Baptiste at this time a year ago or whenever he made his decision a year ago. It was, okay, this guy could bring some value as a pass rusher, but can he set the edge? Al Washington saw something in him that said he can do that, and he coached him up and made him a better player, and he was a really good edge setter this season. And I think R.J. Oban has an opportunity to do the same thing if he takes Al Washington's coaching the way that Javante Jean-Baptiste did. I mean, the building blocks are there for sure. I remember when they first got Javante Jean-Baptiste, we had him on the Bluster Report from the previous year because he had a seventh-round NFL draft grade, but they also had the official on his measurement. And I'm pretty sure he was only like 247, 248 pounds, somewhere in that ballpark. And obviously he had bulked up to around 260 pounds at Notre Dame. But the great thing about R.J. Open is he's already 260 pounds. So you don't need to pack a ton more weight on his frame necessarily. I think it's just about from a technical perspective now, you know, playing with better pad level, playing with better hand placement, being a little bit more violent at the point of attack. Those are coaching points. Like physically, I don't need to give anything to RJ Oban right now to make him a better fit at big ends. I just need him to get comfortable playing that role and playing through contacts. And it's all about the coaching points. Where do my hands go? Where do my feet go? Where do my eyes go? Where do my hips go? Everything is just about placement and physicality. From there, I already have 
a physically imposing, talented defensive end, a guy that looks the part. You don't have to build that up. It's not like a true freshman coming in where you're like, I need to pack on 20 pounds on him and still work on the technique. You have the building blocks already in place for an RJ Oban. It's about the finer points of coaching, which Al Washington impressed me this year. He did. He got a lot out of of Javante Jean-Baptiste is one that you mentioned. He got a lot out of Javante. Got a lot out of Howard Cross. Got a lot out of Riley Mills. He got a lot out of a lot of guys on this defensive line. So I'm excited to see what Al Washington can do with R.J. Oban, who I actually think is, from the starting point, maybe a little bit better of a fit into this role than what Javante Jean-Baptiste was to start. Now, Javante obviously developed, but now it's about using those building blocks and developing them if you're Al Washington. We've seen a lot more from R.J. Oban of what he'll be asked to do at Notre Dame than what we saw from Javante Jean-Baptiste at Notre Dame. And in five years at Ohio State, Javante Jean-Baptiste, who played a lot fewer snaps, right? It's going to factor into it. Had 10 tackles for loss and eight sacks. In the last three years, R.J. Oban has had 18 tackles for loss and 13 and a half sacks. So as you mentioned, you're getting a guy that has proven production in a Power 5 conference. And, and a guy that, as you said, Ryan, has had some some pretty good games and some and some key moments. I mean, he had a couple really good pressures against Notre Dame, uh, against Blake Fisher. I felt in that game as well. So, you know, he's a guy I think, that I think that, he had uh, one against Joe Walt. I could be wrong in that game, but I thought he had one against Joe Walt a, too in that game. He had a he had a pressure. I that was yeah. a so on that pressure. The this there was a I, I went back and watched that. There was a snap yeah. issue, and Joe mm-hmm. was laid off the ball. And then RJ beat him outside because of a snap. Yeah, I I saw that too. But isn't it so funny? That's so funny that I think it just speaks to how great Joe Alt is. Sorry to cut you off, but the two pressures I remember against Joe Alt, one was a probably a mistimed snap. The other one was him, his guard tripping him. Those are the only two pressures I ever remember (laughs) Joe Alt giving up this year, which is incredible. Yes. A couple things about it too, Ryan. Um, when I look at RJ Oban, here's another part of it too. When you break yep. down the trajectory of his film, here's something that I that I noticed, and I'm and I'm curious if you noticed it this season. Yep. I actually felt his best year was 2022. I thought he was more explosive. I thought he was more impactful in the run game. I thought he was a guy that was just a little bit more overall productive uh, from a from an all around standpoint. This year, I thought early in the season he wasn't quite as good as I thought he was going to be to be honest with you uh he was a guy that i thought i just thought early in the season he just didn't look like he had the kind of burst that i wanted to see and he had some nice games early in the season you had a good game against he had actually had a really good game against clemson but the next yeah. few games i wasn't blown away by him you know the northwestern game he had good production but but i i don't know that i was like really blown away by it their tackles i didn't think were very good yukon he didn't do a whole lot he had a couple nice pressures against Notre Dame, but as you got later in the year I thought his overall performance got better and better and better, especially against the run. So he only had nine total run stops this year, according to Pro Football Focus. Six of them came in the last three games. And he just looked wow. a lot more explosive. He looked a lot more like he did last year at Duke, where he just was really explosive off the ball. So I wonder if maybe he was battling a little bit of a, you know, coming out of that Clemson game, maybe a little bit of a something that kind of just slowed him down maybe for a month. Uh, and, and I, you know, may, may, it may, I just, I'm just kind of reaching here. I don't it's know possible. that that's necessarily the case, you know, Could but be. like he only played like 19 snaps against UConn and, and, um, you know, his snaps are pretty consistent, but just his overall play was, uh, was, was not as much, but you also talk about too, is Duke used him pretty much, I mean, as a, as a pass rusher. I mean, if you look at his numbers, according to pro football focus, he was on the field for 161 run snaps and he was on the field for 243 pass snaps. Yes. You know, whereas you look at Javante Jean Baptiste, 
was kind of kind of similar numbers, but he just had more snaps against the run this season. So it's going to be interesting to see how. The, I, I just I like the fit, Ryan. I think the fit makes a lot of sense. I, I think this is a you know, those two? this is good. Yeah, yeah. No, I I think that it makes a tremendous amount of sense because from the personal perspective, from the background perspective of. The, what what the couple of attractive things that we always talk about with Notre Dame players fitting is the academic side of the piece, obviously, when he is a graduate from Duke. So that obviously means a lot to him. The other thing is that former NFL fathers are usually very pro Notre Dame, right? Because they know life after football and how quickly it ends. And, and so I'm sure that Roman Oban is probably very pro Notre Dame, I would assume at this point, right? So that makes a lot of sense. And also, I would say this, Brian, is that I and I think I said this earlier in the show. I don't think we've seen the best of RJ open yet either. Right. Like I think he's coming back in, in my opinion, based upon you know things that I've heard is that I think he's coming back. Cause I think he knows that he could be better, right? Like he knows it. If we just get the player that we had at Duke to come to Notre Dame next year, I think he's good. He's a very good addition, but I would say this is that comparative to Javante John Baptiste, which, which ended up being a really good pickup for Notre Dame. I think this one has more upside because I think there are more building blocks to work with with RJ than in Javante. Now, obviously, what made Javante such a good player this year is that he obviously put his head down and worked his butt off to be the best version of himself this year. Will RJ be the same? I have no idea. I don't personally know him. I don't know his work ethic. I'm assuming it's good based upon his upbringing and everything. But ultimately, I think that if you are able to get the best out of RJ Oban, this could be one of the more under because it's not super underrated. I think he was a top 15 player on like the 247 transfer portal, right? So, like, he's a respected player. But if you get the most out of him, I truly believe that this kid could be a difference maker. I wouldn't be shocked if we're talking 10 tackles for loss, seven sacks in 2024. Like, I wouldn't be shocked at all about it because I think he has that type of upside to the game. Yeah, agree. So, this is a good pickup for Notre Dame, Ryan. We're going to uh, transition next to Joel. Can I ask you one question, Ryan? I'm gonna I'm gonna dive into the the Joe like a lot of the Joe Walton the offense tackle stuff. Do you mind just kind of yep. hanging around for like the first five minutes or so? So we just call, kind of talk yep. about Joe Walton NFL kind of projection, sure. some pits for him, things along those Absolutely. lines, and then you can you can take off and get back to work, and I'll I'll kind of talk yep. about the rest of it. So, Sounds but before good. we go to that, folks, do me a favor: hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, hit the notification bell, share this podcast. If you are listening via podcast platform, um, give us a five star review. We'd greatly greatly appreciate that. And of course, if you haven't done so, sign up for the message board at boards.ourspreakdown.com. You're going to really like what we've got going on. Um, so a lot, lot, lot of good intel, a lot of changes coming. It's going to be a lot of fun. So you're definitely going to check that out. Again, that's boards.ourspreakdown.com. Thank mm-hmm. you.